Hey, this is Pastor Bob Stephen, lead pastor at Pursuit Church SA, and this is our podcast. Listen, would you take a minute to share and subscribe to this podcast? Also, we would love to connect with you, so please visit us at PursuitChurchSA.com or on any of our social media pages. Now, here's this week's message. We hope it blesses your life. Welcome. Woo! We're going to have some church up in here today. Man, I am excited to be up here with you. Uh, took, you know, kind of the last month off to getting some refreshing. Pastor Karen just preached a foot. Can we just give it up for my beautiful wife? She preached a powerful series on strategic warfare throughout the whole month of, of July. And then last Sunday, if you missed it, Pastor Petey just came in and brought the house down. Woo! Man, he preached a powerful word. It was so, so exciting. If you, if you missed it, go check the podcast out. It's really, really good. You know, let me just ask you this. Anybody been on a team before? You know, some kind of team, maybe at work, a, a sports team, maybe even a team at church. There's a, there's a lot of cool things about being uh, on a team. I've had the privilege of being on many teams uh, over the years. But you know, as I was preparing for this week's message, one particular team kind of came to my to my mind that I was a part of many years ago in, in the corporate world, Right. And there was about 15 of us on that team, and we were given the task to rewrite and kind of redo the company training operations manual. Man, it was a big task. 15 of us. The company gave us all the resources that we need and uh, needed to do the job well, and we worked really hard. You know, we brought our very best, and we worked on that thing for like six months, Right? And finally, we got the whole thing finished, and, and the executive VP that had given us this project, we went to him for the final presentation, right? We put the book in front of him, and he starts, I remember that meeting while he starts summing through it, and we were just sitting there in anticipation, right? Come on, anybody ever been there before? You know, you're like, God, is the boss going to, are they going to like what I did? You know, all this six months worth of work. Six months with the blood, sweat, and tears, and, you know, we were, we were in this thing, and we're all just sitting there. All 15 of us were in, this, were in this presentation meeting, and he's just flipping through, flipping through, flipping through, and then finally, he shut it. He looked up, and he said, wow, your team has exceeded my expectations. Y'all have done great work. Oh, what words to hear, huh? Man, that was, that was pretty awesome. That project and that work, you know, it led to a lot of great things. It certainly, certainly led to some promotions for many of us in that, in that room. But just as importantly, it actually produced something that benefited the entire company for years to come. It wasn't just about the people on the team. That was great. Did we get some personal reward? Satisfaction? We certainly did. But that manual served hundreds of managers in that company for years to come. And as I reflected it and just kind of thought about that project and thought about that team I was on, two things kind of came to my mind as I was preparing the message this week. One is that what we bring can result in incredible rewards. Second thing that what we bring can be multiplied for the benefit of others just kind of struck me as I was thinking about this week's message. So here's what I've come to tell you today. That there is a relationship 
with God between our bringing and his blessing. We'll talk about that. You see, when we bring something to God, there are blessings that will come. Blessings for us personally, but also blessings for others. That's what I want to talk about today. Now, here's the deal. And you need to hear this. God wants to bring blessings to every part of your life, not just some. Every part of your life. So that means he wants us to bring everything in our life. Are there some parts of your life that eh, you bring them to God, other parts you kind of want to hide? Or other parts you think maybe God's too busy? Uh, he didn't have time for that. No, God wants every part of your life. Not just some. Because here's the problem. Oftentimes we don't bring everything to God, do we? We only bring him selected things. We oftentimes think, well, I can just handle that. I don't need to bring that to God. I can just do that on my own, right? But again, that's not what God says to do. You know what? Anybody here ever struggle with anxiety? Well, you know what happens? According to Philippians 4, when we actually bring God our anxiety, he promises a blessing of peace. Did you know that? How about relationships? Anybody have relationships? <clears throat> excuse me, have relationship issues from time to time? Did you know that if you bring those relationship problems to God, He's got a blessing? It's found in Matthew chapter 18, where He actually tells us and blesses us with how to handle things in our relationships, how to handle conflict. Maybe you've been hurt. Anybody here? <laughs> Who hasn't been hurt, right? Well, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, there's a blessing of comfort found there. God wants you to bring your hurt to him. And he's got a blessing to give you. Pain. Wow. Pain. Pain from trauma. Do we sit there with our pain and just suffer in silence? Does God want us to do that? No. God wants us to bring him our pain. And when we do... Psalm 147 has a blessing that says he will bind up our wounds and heal our hearts. God wants every part of your life. As we sang in the song, he wants your mess. He wants your mess. He wants your moments of victory, but he wants your mess too. God wants it all. And probably the most beautiful thing is when we bring a heart of repentance and a willingness to accept Jesus as our Savior. God has a blessing of grace, of mercy, of forgiveness for us. In fact, it's those very blessings that Jesus died to give us. God wants all your stuff. He wants it all. But here's the thing. Let me just say this again so you get it. God is not obligated to bless what you won't bring him. I'm going to say that again. God is not obligated to bless what you won't bring him. Can he? Of course, God can do anything. He can, he can do anything. But his word is very consistent and very clear. It started way back in the Old Testament. They would bring an offering, a burnt offering, all these different offerings. And then God would bless that offering. 
started from the very beginning. And his word is consistent. That hasn't changed. We don't bring animals now. We bring all the other things I just said. Plus, we bring our time, our talent, our treasure. That's what we're bringing now. There's really, uh, before I go any further, though, let me be clear about this. There is something or there are things that God will not bless. Let me just tell you that right now. God will not bless something that is inconsistent with his word. He, he won't do it. Okay? He won't bless a relationship that isn't consistent with his word. He won't bless that shady business deal you're thinking about. I'm just telling you. How can I say that with confidence? Well, I can say it with confidence because his word clearly says that he won't. You know, oftentimes I think we're, we try to bring things to God and ask him to bless situations and circumstances. And the greatest blessing we can get in that is his no. Because you see, God knows what's best for us. God knows how to protect us from ourselves sometimes. He knows how to protect us from harm. His agenda is always going to be better than our agenda. Numbers chapter 23 reminds us that God is not a man that, sh- that he should lie. What, what, what's the writer saying there? God's consistent. He's not going to violate his character. He's not going to change the rules, his rules, just, for, just because you want something. Because if it's not good for you, he doesn't want it for you. He's not going to bless it. So just, just keep that in mind. God does not lie. He does not compromise. That's part of what makes him God, right? His consistency. It says he is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So now that I got that out of the way, right? Because we needed to cover that. Now, I want to show you some powerful scriptures today, two specifically, one in the Old Testament one of the New Testament that so beautifully illustrate this relationship and this tie between our bringing and God's blessing. The first is found in the Old Testament. Book of Malachi says this, starting chapter 3, verse 10 and 12. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me. By the way, it's the only place in Scripture I'm aware of where God actually says to put him to the test. Other places he says, don't put me to the test. He's specifically saying here, go ahead and test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, wow, that there will be not room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops And the vines of your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you what? Blessed. For yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. I want to give you some context about what's going on in this last book of the Old Testament called Malachi. In the chapters right before this, chapters 1 and 2, this whole book almost from beginning to end, is about God calling his people to return to him, to come to him, come back. You see, what had happened is they had stopped bringing things to him. 
Not only just their tithes and offerings, they'd stopped bringing their hearts to him. They had stopped bringing God the honor that he was due. They had stopped trusting him with their lives. And so finally, the people reach a point and they say, God, what's it going to take for us to return to you, to enjoy the blessings that we once enjoyed? What what does that look like? And so all through chapters 1 and 2, God describes through the prophet Malachi, this is what it's going to look like for the people to return their heart to me. And he describes in great deal what that, and finally we get to chapter three and God then describes what's it going to take and what's it going to look like for people to return to me, what belongs to me in terms of their treasure, right? And that's what we just read. But really God was just telling them what Jesus reminded us of in the new Testament. When Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Because remember, God was after their heart. God doesn't need anything. He doesn't need anything from you. But he wants your heart. God didn't need anything from these people. But he wanted their heart. And he knew that their money was tied to their heart. Just like everything else. So this is all just consistent with what's going on. Now, I want to show you in the New Testament what this looks like. It's found in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 41 through 46 says this. So so those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, and to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone... It doesn't say some. It says everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Do you see the same pattern of bringing and blessing? What we read in Malachi, the book of Acts, the new believers were experiencing that very same thing. Even more, though, even even more than what we read in Malachi. You see, Peter had just preached a powerful message on the day of Pentecost. And the Holy Spirit had showed up in a powerful way. And as a result, people began to bring their lives to Jesus. That's what was going on here in the book of Acts. People were bringing not just part of their lives. They were bringing it all. They were bringing every part of themselves. They brought their desire to know more about God. They brought their tithing, their possessions. In fact, it wasn't just tithing. It's, they were selling everything they owned. It wasn't just 10%. It was 100%. Think about that for a minute. They brought their time investing in each other. It says they broke bread together. They loved on each other. 
They had, they had fellowship with each other. And as a result, what are some of the blessings that they saw? Well, it says they all saw signs and wonders. Anyone here want to see some signs and wonders? And we, we saw some of that. I, some of what you experienced in that worship set. There were some signs and wonders going on because what was happening, there was, you know, you, you, some people define it as a miracle. It's signs and wonders is a movement of God, right? They were seeing, that's why it's very generic. It's talking about all kinds of signs and wonders, right? That still exists, by the way. God hasn't changed. So these people saw the blessings of witnessing signs and wonders. They saw the needs of others being met. They saw what a blessing it was when you come together in unity around a common purpose and mission. It's the mission Jesus left us with. Pastor Karen preached about it a couple weeks ago. PD talked about it again. The Great Commission, right? Before Jesus left, he said, go make disciples of all men. That's what was going on here. And they were, they were living that. They were seeing that blessing for themselves. They were seeing what living a truly blessed life looks like. That's what, the, because they brought themselves and God blessed what they brought. God blessed what they brought. How about you? Are you ready to bring everything in your life to God? Are there some things you're not bringing him right now? Some parts of your life that you either feel too ashamed about or you're just not confident about or you don't want to bother God with it. You think you can just handle it on your own. I'm challenging you today. Bring every part of your life to God. He wants it and he will bless you in it. And if you're ready to do that, then I think you're going to see two very important things and blessings come about. When you bring God everything, you can expect to see blessings for you personally, and you can expect to see the lives of other people blessed as well. Both of those things will happen as you bring to God everything in your life. Let's talk about the first one. Your life will be blessed. Relationship with God is everything. You see, as we, I want you to just th think about someone that you share a lot of things with right now. Maybe it's, it's a husband and a wife, it's a spouse, or maybe it's a best friend. What happens as you begin to share every part of your life, not just some, vulnerability, honesty, transparency, relationship begins to deepen and strengthen, does it not? That's no different in our relationship with God. And the even better part is God won't go tell someone else your business. <laughs> Come on. I mean, sometimes we, we got you know, to hold back a little bit with some people in the world. We're not, you know, we've been let down before. We've been hurt. Okay, okay. you know, so, so the, our trust factor only goes so much. But God is not a man that he will gossip. God is not a man that he will lie. God is not a man that he'll put your business on Facebook. You see, you can trust God 
when you bring him your stuff. Hmm. You can trust God. And so it's out of that relationship that all of the blessings of God flow. They all flow from your relationship with him. So don't be afraid to take him anything because every time you bring him something, he's going to give you something, right? He's going to get, we've, I've illuminated multiple scriptures. No matter what's going on, he's got the answer, right? He's got the blessing that he's just waiting to give you, but he's waiting for you to bring it. He's waiting for you to bring what you're supposed to bring. And then he's going to give what he promises to give. You know, in that work team all those years ago, I got the reward, if you will, of promotions and a pat on the back and job well done. But here's the thing. God's blessings, his rewards for your life may not always look like that. You know, we've we, we got to be careful. You see, the worldly system says the reward is based on your performance, Right? I mean, in, in that work example, if we're being honest, I was rewarded based on my performance, right? I mean, I did a good job. The rest of the team did a good job. There were benefits that came from that, and that was great. But we've got to be careful that we don't look at God's blessings that way. It, it, this is where God and man are different, right? God's blessings, my friends, are greater than money, and they're better than fame. Say that again. God's blessings are greater than money, and they are better than fame. Man, I want to take you back to the Malachi scripture. Remember in Malachi, not only did God promise to open up the windows of heaven, but the second part of that scripture said he was going to take care of what their crops and their fields what are some of our crops and fields today? Maybe it's that electric bill we got to pay every month or the car that you drive or the business that you own. Might even be your health, right? There's a lot of other things in our life that need blessing besides money. Can I get an amen on that? Come on. There's a lot of other things in our life besides money that need God's blessing. Think of it this way. What God was telling them, what he's telling you and I when it comes to our finances when we bring to God the 10%, not only is he going to bless, and 10% is a tithe, right? 10 just means, you know, that's what God's asked us to bring back to him is 10% of, of what he gives us. But here's the thing. When we bring that 10% of our income, he will not only bless that, he's going to bless your other 90. That's what he's telling the people in Malachi. Look, bring me your tithes, but not only am I going to pour out blessings from heaven based on the 10% you're bringing me, I'm going to bless your 90% over here. I'm going to bless everything in your life when you bring me what I ask you to bring me. Can anyone use blessing on 100% of what God gives you besides me? <laughs> Come on. Come on. Matter of fact, I remember when, when we were first dating, and we were, Pastor Karen and I were dating, we were talking about tithing. She, to be honest, I'm Full transparency, when we first met, she was way farther along in that area than I was. Flat out. I gave to God, but eh. now this woman was faithful. 
And I remember her telling me a story when she was a single mom. Now, she had decided, hey, I'm going to tithe no matter what. <laughs> I don't care what's going on. I don't care what's happening. And she told me this one month she wasn't sure how she was going to pay her bills, to be honest with you. Just, you know, anyone reach that time of the month when the bills add up to more than the money? You know, hello? Hello? Well, she, she was in one of those months. But she paid her tithing faithfully. Babe, I'm not sure, was it like a couple days, maybe a week later, she got an unexpected check in the mail. A refund from a water bill she knew nothing about. To this day, she can't tell you where that refund came from. I mean, why she got it, she didn't have a clue. But guess what? That refund was enough to cover what she needed. That's God protecting the 10 and the 90. The 10 and the 90. God will do that for you too. God will do that for you too. Now, God's blessings are certainly not all about money, right? Yes, God gives us the ability to earn well. Jojo, you can come. But God's blessings are most about having his favor and his goodness in and on your life. You need that way more than money. Money's great, but if you have God's favor and blessing and help, in and on your life, that is priceless. That, that literally is priceless. You see, when you have peace, when the storms of life come, that's a blessing. When you mess up and you need God's grace, is there any greater blessing that you could be given? I can't think of any. There's no blessing that tops that. You know, my boss on that project many years ago, when he said, you've exceeded my expectations, that was great. I mean, I felt good. But do you know what's even better? To one day hear God say, well done, my good and faithful servant. That is the ultimate blessing we could ever receive. Wow. Wow. Because that's really what we're on this planet for, is at the end of the day to stand before God and have him say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. That is the greatest blessing in life. Now, that's how we personally can benefit. Our reward, right? Our blessings when we bring things to God. But there's more. With God, there's always more. There's always more. You see, the lives of other people are blessed. Did you notice in both the scriptures, Malachi and Acts, there was a collective blessing on the people. It wasn't just the individuals. What did it say in Malachi? Other nations will look at you and call you what? Blessed. In the book of Acts, collectively as they worked together, it said there was one, one translation of scripture says there was no poor among them. Can you imagine a situation that existed. Some, some theologians will say that means there was no poor among them spiritually. And I believe that's true. But I think there was a, a tangible world component to that as well. 
because they remember they were selling their possessions. So that's more than just spiritual. That's an actual physical thing that was going on. And it says they used those funds that were brought in to actually take care of the poor. So there was a spiritual, but there was also a physical real world component to that. Wow. God said in Malachi that the people would be blessed and that they would be recognized by other people. And it said the same, a different way, it said the same thing in the book of Acts. You see, when we as people, as a church, collectively bring everything to God, the effect of his blessing is multiplied. That's what we see specifically in the book of Acts. God's word that says, also says, that where there is unity, he commands a blessing. Wait a minute. Commands means it's going to happen. Right? It's a, when God commands something, it's not, oh, think about it. and Maybe I'll, no. If God says it, you can believe it. So where there's unity, where people are coming together around a common vision, around a common mission. Notice in the book of Acts, it says they had all things in common. They all witnessed signs and wonders. They all participated in giving so that there was no need among them. And as they did this, what does it say? Their numbers grew daily. You want to know how God builds his church? Right there. That's the recipe. Hey, listen. I'm all for marketing. I'm all for social media. I'm all for for utilizing different methods to meet people where they are. Hey, totally cool. But at the end of the day, that's not what builds God's church. Hear me. God's church is built by what we just read in the book of Acts. It's people loving each other, caring for each other, coming together in community and building God. Remember the very beginning of this year, what did we say the word was? Build the temple. That was the word God gave us this year. Build the temple. Build this temple and build this temple. That's what we said from the very beginning that that God showed us this year. The temple is built as we collectively come together. Individually bringing God things, but then bringing it as his people. Let me close. I know preachers say this all the time. Let me close and we're here 30 minutes later. No, I I promise. I promise. Let let me close with a story. It's not a story. It's something that happened in this church this week. This week. So on Tuesday of this week, sat down to write the rent check to our landlord for the building. And as we looked in the bank account, it's a little bit short of what we needed. I turned to uh, Pastor Karen. I said, babe, I'm going to write the check for the full amount. I have no idea where the money's coming from. I have no idea how God wants to handle this, but we're going to write the check, the amount that it needed to be. So I wrote the check. 
gave it to the landlord. That was on Tuesday. The very next day, the very next day, something told me, just go and go, go check the online giving report. You know, it's on our website. And whatever. All right. I opened it up. As the screen popped up, I looked at it for about 30 seconds. And I started to cry. I didn't say anything. I just, Karen is sitting right next to me. I turned the screen to her. I didn't say anything. I said, babe, look at this. There was a donation that was made. It was actually made on the Tuesdays. You want to know how God works? It was actually made on the Tuesday. The day I wrote the check is actually when the donation came in. And it was from a source that we that outside this church. We, we, it wasn't even somebody in this church. And the amount of that donation far exceeded the amount we were short on the rent. <laughs> My friends, that is the windows of heaven being opened and God pouring out a blessing. God, can we just thank God for that? I'm telling you, that's the way God works. I, I, I can't promise every time you bring something to him, he's the next day going to drop a money in your bank account. I can't promise that. But what can I promise you is this. God is faithful. God is faithful to bless you with what you need when you bring it to him. Will you just pray with me right now? God, we come to you now. Lord, We just want to bring you everything. We don't want to hold anything back. We want to bring our whole life to you, not just part of it. God, we want your favor. We want your blessings in and on our lives. And Father, we thank you that when we bring it to you, you multiply it far beyond anything we could ever do on our own. God, we, when we bring you our pain, you give us comfort. When we bring you our disappointments, you bless us with hope. And when we bring you our finances, you have promised to open up the windows of heaven. Thank you, God. We love you, Father, now. We love you always. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. If, if you'll just kind of keep in this posture right now, if everybody just keep your eyes closed, every head bowed. If you've never brought your life to Jesus and you're ready to do that today, right now, all it takes is just simply asking him. Will you just pray this simple prayer with me? And everybody can participate. Even if you've already given your life to Jesus, this is a great opportunity to support someone that may be doing that for the first time. So will you just say this, Jesus, I come to you right now. And I bring you my life. Today, I repent of my sins. Wash me clean. Forgive me. Today, I make you the Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.